we're continuing in a series called um, uh, End of Your Rope. And with that, we've been taking a look at the, at the writing of, of Peter. And how many of you have been really challenged by this, by this series? I, don't, I, I mean, I, I have just, it, it's one of those things, it seems like every single week I am very challenged uh, within my personal life, as it should be, but I'm very challenged within my personal life on the things that, that Peter is writing about and, and really challenging us too. And, and furthermore, he's saying this, if you're a Christian, if you're someone who's following Christ, if you say that you have trusted Jesus Christ with your salvation and your life, uh, you've been set apart. You, you are now part of something much grander. You're parting, part of something different. And because of that, because you've been set apart, this is the way you were, this is who you used to be, this was your former living, this was your former life, you are no longer that, you're literally kind of plucked out of that, and you're set apart for something different. You're a royal priesthood. You're a living stone now. And with that, there's, some, uh, there's a different conduct that comes along. There's a different look. There's a different characterization of who you are. And so we've been talking talking about those things. We've been talking about how we are, um, we, we submit to authority. We respect authority. We are not selfish people. We uh, look out for the needs of others uh, versus ourselves. And today we're going to take a look at being, living in harmony with one another. Now, as we take a look at this passage of scripture found in chapter three, I'm going to look at verses eight through 11. So follow along with me and let's look at what Peter has to say uh, for this week of, uh, to, to us. He says this, finally, all of you, finally, after he's talking about all this submission, selfishness, uh, living stone, royal priesthood, all of these things, uh, he's saying this, finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Now, we can stop right there and be like, okay, our challenge is here, isn't it? Live in harmony with one another. Live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing for... Whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. You know what? As we look around our world, as we just look at nature, as we look at people, as we look at just everything uh, of, of creation, we, I think we can, we can say this. God loves diversity, does he not? I mean, when you, look at, when you look at the flowers, when you look at vegetation, when you look at all of that stuff, when you look at our landscape, everything, it's, I mean, we can see God's incredible hand, and we can see that God is, is, is just infatuated, it seems, with diversity. And so when we look at that, and we kind of break it down to our marriages, we also see diversity, don't we? In our relationships, we see diversity. We don't think like other people do at times, right? You don't think like, you, those of you that are married, do you and your spouse think exactly alike? There's no way you do. If you do, you're whipped, right? You don't want to deal with conflict is what the issue is. You're just praying that Jesus returns soon. So you don't have to deal with this anymore. And Peter's saying this, Guys, live in harmony with one another. Not just with your spouse, well, obviously with your spouses, but not just your spouses, but with everyone. He's saying this is the life that you've been called to. Now, here's the kicker. He doesn't just say, hey, guys, I want you to live in harmony with everyone. Now, go to it. But he actually gives us 
about six things to consider. Not really consider, but six things to implement within our lives. And if we do these six things, if we take a critical look at these six things, it really enables us to live in harmony with one another. And that's what I want to take a look at today very briefly. I want to look at these six things. Living in harmony with one another, building these six things within our lives. And as we do, we will see dramatic improvements within our families, within our relationships, within uh, whatever type of relationships we have. Our husbands, our wives, our kids, parents, employees, friends, you name it, we will see uh, a drastic reduce of conflict and an improvement in living in harmony with one another. Now, here's the first one. The first one is this, sympathy. What does it mean to be sympathetic? To be sympathetic really simply means to understand and, valid- and validate or affirm someone else's feelings. When you're sensitive to someone else's feelings, you're not putting them down, okay? You're not saying, well, that's stupid. Why would you think that? You're not saying that. You're not saying, well, that's wrong or that's right. It's not like a right or wrong issue. But what you're doing is you're empathizing with them. You're, you're, you're sympathizing. You're, you're validating their feelings. You're saying, you know what? I can see where that's coming from. And guys, let's be honest with one another. Every single one of us in here wants to be understood, right? Every single one of us in here wants to be able to be understood by someone else. If we are having a thought or if we're having certain feelings, we want to be understood. And how encouraging is it that when we have certain feelings and these feelings may be off the chart crazy and we're thinking, am I the only person that feels this way? Or am I the only person that ever thinks this way? Am I the only person that ever struggles with this? And when someone comes along and says, you know what, you're not the only person. And that person may say, you know what, I can relate with you. I've experienced those feelings too. That's validating someone's feelings. Or even if you haven't experienced those feelings, you can certainly listen to that person and say, you know what, I, haven't, I don't really feel that way, but I can see where you're coming from. And it doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything. Let's be honest. We are not going to agree with everything, with, with, uh, with uh, each other. But we can certainly validate someone else's feelings and say, you know what? I get where you're coming from. And when we do that, one way to do that is uh, a couple ways. But the first one is this. You understand their background. You get to know that person. You understand where they're coming from. You understand their heart, their personality, the way they're shaped, what really makes them tick. Um, and how we do that is by a little word that's so easy to do, and it's called listening. That's hard for some of us, isn't it? You guys in here right now are listening to me, and it feels good. Some of you are not because you're nodding off already, okay? But those of you, those of you that are, it's listening, and listening's hard. It's hard sometimes when you're, in a, when you're in a relationship where there's conflict because to listen means you've got to shut your mouth and listen means you're not formulating your next statement based upon what they're saying, but you're actually listening to what that person's saying. And you're, and you're not speculating, you're just listening. And you're hearing them. James 1.19 says this, Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Don't you wish you could go back in time and take some of these authors and say, can it get rid of that type of writing? But as the Spirit moved these types, of the, the, these individuals, you know, God's Spirit is saying, "This is how you are to function as My people." You know, characterizing yourself. And it, oh, the Bible also tells us that we must bear the burdens of being considerate of the doubts and fears of others. There's two things that really re- start to resolve in conflicts that where we can be considerate with and sympathetic towards other people, and that's when we listen to their doubts and their fears, and we're able to communicate with them. 
And one of the reasons why that we have so much conflict is that we don't validate people's backgrounds. We don't give them credence. We don't really listen to who they are and listen to what they're saying. Being sympathy, showing sympathy, and have a heart of, of being sympathetic means that you're going to validate someone's feelings. You're going to listen to them. You're going to begin to understand them. The second one, he says, that can help really reduce uh, conflict and be able to live in harmony with one another is loyalty. And loyalty or brotherly love. But loyalty says this. It says, I'm committed to this relationship. Regardless of how sticky this gets, regardless of how, how difficult this may be, regardless of the tenseness of this, I'm committed to this relationship. I'm here, we're part of the same team, we're, on the same, we're in the same family, we're in this together, we're not competing with one another, we're going to complement each other, we're going to cooperate with one another, and we're going to work through this. You see, this is one of the first attacks of the enemy in relationships, right? Whether it be your husband, your wife, or whatever, this is, your, this is one of the first steps the enemy does when he comes into our relationships. What does he do? He makes you feel like and makes you think that the person that you're discussing the, these, this conflict with or whatever it may be, uh, that they're the enemy, right? We're on the same team. We are together. We're family. And loyalty says that, well, let me back up. Paul says in Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another in what? In brotherly love. Be devoted. It doesn't mean that we're going to agree on everything. Guys, that is an erroneous thought. We are not going to agree on everything. We are vastly diverse. I'm going to have different opinions. You're going to have different opinions. We're all going to have different ideas, values, passions, shapes, all that stuff. We are not going to agree on everything, so let's get off of that one. But, but realize that we can be loyal. We can be sympathetic. We can be committed to this relationship like brothers. Paul says, again, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Loyalty. Loyalty is another word for commitment. It means that I may differ. It means that we may get irritated with one another. It means that you may, be get, you may get angry and upset and totally disagree with what I think. But, but we are both still committed to this relationship. We, guys, we live in such a disposable society when it comes to even like technology, when it comes to appliances and things like that, it is amazing what you spend on something, and when it breaks, what do you do with it? You just throw it away, because it costs more to fix it than to buy a new one and replace it. That's the way we are with relationships at times. We experience some conflict. Peter says, live in harmony with one another. Paul says, be devoted to brotherly love. Be committed. Don't throw away the relationship. Stick with it. You are on the same team. Again, and this is something extremely important to remember while we are in the argument. We are on the same team. We're not fighting each other. We are not enemies, but we do have a problem and we do have differences. And if you love someone, you will be committed to that person or that relationship no matter what. Paul again writes in Romans fifteen seven: accept one another just as Christ has accepted you. Acceptance doesn't mean I approve of everything. Acceptance doesn't mean that you've got to turn a blind eye to something and say, well, i just got to agree to everything, or i got to, be appro- I got to approve of everything, that person, just to say peace. That's not what it means. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be loyal once that person changes to the way they should be for you to like them, right? That's not what that means either. And also, it doesn't mean slapping the conditional label on them that says, well, if you do this, then I'll love you. 
That's conditional love. We talked about that. There's no place for that either. Acceptance means I've got faults. You've got faults. We're on the same team, and I'm going to be loyal to this team. I'm not going to dispose of this relationship. I'm going to work through it, and you're going to work through it. Um, And so that's what it means to be loyal. You want to live in harmony with someone? First of all, begin to be sympathetic. Begin to uh, understand what it means to uh, uh, be loyal and, and stick with that, committing to that particular relationship. The, sec- uh, the next one is this, generosity or compassion. Paul says this in Colossians 3.12, literally giving us the metaphor of putting on clothes. Clothe yourself with compassion. As if you're putting on a shirt or pants or whatever, that's what I want you to do with compassion. Now, compassion is really defined as love and action. If sympathy is understanding someone else's feelings, compassion takes it one step further and says this, it demonstrates that in action. It demonstrates that in action. What can I do to help you? Ephesians 4.29, there's a couple of ways that we can show compassion and generosity in our relationships. The first one is this. In Ephesians 4.29, Paul says this, Speak what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. So one of the first one is, the first question would be this. How, do, how, does, how is, or let me ask it this way, does that characterize your speech? The words you choose to use in your relationships. The words that you choose to use in some of these relationships that may be a little bit uh, tenuous. What words do you use? Do you w- use words that build each other up? Or words that make the other, and words that make the other person feel good that meets their needs? Or is your talk a little more toxic and it's like verbal vomit at times? The other way is this. Is, 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 action, is, is by our actions towards others. 1 John 3.18, uh, he says this. My children, we should love people. Not only with words and talk, but our actions in true caring. Compassion is saying with our actions, I'm committed to this relationship. How can I make life easier for you? How can I help you? How can I be involved in this relationship for you? The next one is this, humility. Are these getting easier? Getting kind of easier, aren't they? (laughs) Humility. 1 Corinthians says this, love is not proud. We learn, you know, very quick you learn that in the middle of conflict, when you really break it down, there's that pride issue. Pride is involved in some way. Some way there is pride and stubbornness. Proverbs says this about pride. Pride only leads to arguments. Pride will kill it. So what is humility? Humility is being honest, is stripping away the pride, is stripping away the, the veneer, stripping away the facades, and saying this, you know what, I'm weak at times. I've got weaknesses. I've got faults. I've got shortcomings. I've got needs. I've got failures. It's not assuming that I know it all. It's not assuming that I understand it all. It's not assuming that I'm going to ride in on my great white horse and save the day. It's saying this. There's, there, I've got issues too. And that's when you let the pride down, and that's when you become, that's when you become humble, and you have a humble heart. If, if, if I'm humble, that's when you can say those four difficult words that says this. I need your help. Here's the other kicker, guys. The Bible teaches us this. Paul says we are to bear each other's burdens. Or James, I should say. We are to bear each other's burdens. Help each other by carrying their burdens, right? How in the world are we ever going to do that if we can't go to each other and share our burdens? And let's face it, there's times where we don't share our burdens because I don't want someone to think that I'm weak. I don't want someone to think that I have faults. I don't want someone to think that I'm a failure. I don't, want, I don't want someone to think that I don't have it all put together and I've got some issues. And here's the beauty of it, guys. We all know that everybody's messed up, don't we? 
We're all broken. There's not a single person in here that's got it all put together. But here's the issue. If we never can share our burdens with each other, if we don't have, if we don't have the humility and get rid of the pride to be able to come and say, I really need your help. I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm a failure at this. I'm struggling at this. If we can't do that, how in the world can someone else carry your burdens? We can't do the biblical principle in which Paul and James are so clearly articulating to us. It also enables us to do to say three other difficult words. It says this, I was wrong. Proverbs 28.13 says this, Anyone who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. He goes on to say, but if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. Humility, again, is the ability to say, I need your help, and I was wrong. Forgive me. And it's easier to say that when we reflect on God's grace that he has given us in our lives. Because we begin to realize that we're not perfect. And a lot of times that's what we demand of other people's perfection. But that's not, uh, we know that's not the case, and we know that's not what God expects from us. The next one is this, mercy. Live in harmony with each other. How do we do it? Another way is mercy. He writes in uh, verse 9, Never pay back one wrong with another or pay an angry word with another one. Instead, pay back with a blessing so that you inherit a blessing for yourself. The definition of mercy is this. Mercy is giving more kindness than justice demands. You see, here's the issue. We hurt each other a lot. There's times where I will say something and I'll hurt you. There's times where you're going to say stuff and you're going to hurt me. We all do things to hurt each other. There's time, and some of it's intent, some of it is advertent, and some of it's inadvertent. But we all do things, and because of the massive dose, and because of that, it takes massive doses of mercy at times to help people get back on track. Because what happens is it stirs up this emotional baggage, this emotional energy inside of us, and some of us will carry that stuff around for years. Some of you have been hurt years and years and years ago, maybe by your parents. We've said that before, and you will carry that around forever. Instead of releasing that, instead of letting that go. And, and here's the issue. When we, when we are able to express mercy within our relationships, that's when we can hold to this command, that sa- uh, this, this command that says this, pay back a curse with a blessing. Guys, I'll be the first to tell you, that's got to be the hardest thing that we'll ever do, is it not? Someone curses you, someone insults you, someone says words that are devastating to you, they rip at you, they are intentional, they want to tear you down, you're in a a relationship where you're not in harmony, and they're there to do nothing but rip you apart, and Peter says this, hey, throw a blessing at them. It's like, yeah, right, Peter. But that's what we're challenged to do. We are set apart. Again, instead of hurling angry words at them, Pay him back with a blessing. Listen to what Paul says in 3.13 of Colossians. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You see, here's the, here's the key. When we can stop and reflect and think about the mercy and the grace that God, is, as, as Paul says in, in Ephesians, that God continuously lavishes upon us, when we can think about that and we can think, you know what, God doesn't demand me to be perfect. God doesn't, it, it isn't saying that I have to live my life in such a way that, 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 um, uh, that, that, that um, he, he just lavishes this mercy all over us. And when we reflect upon that, when we reflect upon that, we're able to disseminate to other, other people. By the way, guys, if you've never been able, or if you struggle with allowing God to give you grace and mercy, there's no way you're going to be able to give that to someone else. You can't give what you don't have. 
If you don't feel forgiven, if you don't feel like you have mercy and, and grace within your life, and you can't reflect upon that, there is no way you can give something to someone else that you don't possess. Paul says, contemplate, reflect. Remember that the Lord forgave you so that you can forgive others. He also writes in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 5, love keeps no records of wrongs, which means there are so, it is so easy for us at times with our spouse or with other, other individuals who's done us wrong where we catalog, catalog, where we, catalog we categorize, and we, and we name every offense that that person's done to us. And buddy, when we get into that, type of, when we get into that relationship where it becomes a little tenuous, we're ready to pull those babies out. We know exactly what to use. We pull them out and we, use them, we hurl them in arguments. You see, that's not God's way. God's way says, offer mercy. Throw a blessing. Forgive. Forgive. So, here we are. Just to recap real quick. Peter says this. I want you to live in harmony with one another. How do you do it? You become sympathetic. You become loyal to the, to, to the relationship, the committed to that relationship. You, are, you become a generous person. You have this sense of humbleness. Uh, there's no pride in your life. You're dishing out all this mercy and blessings. And the last one is this, maturity. And really, this can almost be viewed as the litmus test. This can almost be viewed as we sit and we say, you know what, how am I doing in living in harmony with each other? with other individuals? How am I doing in living in harmony with one another? How am I doing in my spiritual walk? You can literally take a look at this and see how we, you know, how we are within, within our uh, spiritual, how mature we are within our spiritual walk. It is a sign. James says this. James says, you want to know the mark of maturity? He lays it out in his letter. You want to know if you're emotionally mature? Do you want to know if you're spiritually mature? Here it is. This is what James says. It is the, it is the, it is the ability to master your mouth. Isn't that amazing? James says, you want to know how spiritual you are? How are you doing at mastering your tongue? Because if you've got your tongue mastered, you've got it under control. You've got things going. Peter picks up on that same concept, that same concept, and says this in verse 10, in another translation, if you want a happy, good life, keep control of your tongue and guard your lips from telling lies. Live in peace. The way to live in peace is to watch our words. The way to live in harmony with other individuals is watch our words, whether it means muzzle our mouths or you know, to control our reactions. How many times have we said something? How many times have you said something where you say, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that? Because it just wreaked so much more destruction just by saying those few little words. And maybe you didn't really mean what they meant. Maybe you chose some words where you really didn't think about the definition of them and how that other person was going to receive them. And you say, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I could just take that back. Part of managing our words is sometimes really taking a close look and defining what we mean, guarding our words that we use because they communicate maybe something different than what you desire. Proverbs twelve eighteen says this, Thoughtless words can wound as deeply as any sword but wisely spoken words can heal. You know what? We're going to close by singing a reprise of a song we just sang called uh, Staying Empty. And here it is, guys. This, this is the whole thing of at the end of your rope. It's when we get to the end of our rope, when things are emptied out of us, when we begin to realize, you know what? Some of the things I was placing my faith and hope in, some of the things I was placing security in, this is it, they're counterfeit. They're not able to produce what only God can produce. 
And guys, it's when we get to the end of our rope, when we become empty, when we become just cleansed out to where we can say, you know what, God, I don't have anything else. Everything has been stripped away. And it's at that point, if we would say, God, I am going to stay empty. God, I am not going to fill my life with these things that, 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 uh, that I think is going to produce something that, that only you can produce. God, I am going to allow you to fill my life with these things. God, I want you to fill my life with sympathy. God, I want you to fill my life with brotherly love, with generosity, with humbleness, and with mercy so that I can be mature in you. God, I am emptying myself until you fill me with the things of you. Some of us need to empty ourselves of ourselves and allow God to fill us with God. Because that's when we become mature. That's when we're able to live in harmony with one another. That's when these attitudes begin to become evident within our lives. And that's when we become characterized by the fruits of the Spirit. I pray that you allow God to just that you will encounter God right now, uh, that you will allow His Spirit to just connect and engage and captivate your heart right now. As we, can, as we close our time here uh, with some song, I pray that you would just allow this song to be a prayer. And in the days to come in this week, I pray that you would continue to think about this. Continue to think about, how am I doing in these areas? How am I doing in these compartments, these, these areas of sympathy, loyal, generosity, humbleness, mercy? How am I doing? How mature am I in my walk with Jesus Christ? Would you do that as we close with this song?